0: Girl, thanks so much for coming back to the podcast today. My name is Isabel Clausen, the host of the Girl God's Got You podcast, and I'm really excited to be back on the mic for you guys. I know I was going to be doing an every other week podcast schedule, but unfortunately, I've kind of fallen off the bandwagon with that. I recently moved. I've been kind of going through a new routine, a new transitional life stage, so everything was pretty busy. But I feel like now I'm back on a good schedule. And I'm really excited for upcoming episodes for this summer. Oh my gosh, spring is almost over. June will be here before we know it. And I thought that this podcast episode today, which you've already read the title, but it's all about being graduated from college for two years. I was looking back, you know, April, May, that's usually when people graduate college. I graduated college April 2020, so it's been over two years already since I graduated college, and it's crazy because I can't believe how fast it's gone by, but it also feels like it's been forever since I was in college. Really weird, but I know this time of year, a lot of people are graduating high school or they're graduating college or they finished up a year of high school or college, and it's just this transitional season, kind of the end of May, beginning of June, where there's just... A lot of new routines, new schedules, and especially for you, if you've graduated college, there's a lot of new questions you're probably asking, a lot of unknowns. And so I made this podcast episode today. The full title is, I've been out of college for two years, what has God taught me so far? And the reason I wanted to create this podcast episode, one of the reasons was that I wanted to share it as encouragement for any new college grads out there that maybe are a little confused, they're unsure of what's going on, or maybe you do have everything figured out, your job is lined up, but maybe you're stressed and you're worried, maybe you think you're going to make a mistake or not do your job well. There's so many emotions that go on with college graduation because you're also letting go of a chapter and it can be really bittersweet. So this is made for any of you out there that have a lot of things going on in the future that maybe you don't feel super confident or you're unsure about. And I just want to teach you being two years out of that setting of graduating college that God really does got you. He has you in your purpose. He has you in your finances. He has you in your relationships. He has you in your time and productivity. And I'm not saying I have everything figured out because there's a lot I'm figuring out, but there's so many things that He's taught me. There's so much that I've learned that I want to share with you as an encouragement to let you know everything's going to be okay. And two, three, four years from now, you're going to have a lot more things figured out than you think. So I'm really excited for this podcast episode today. I feel like college was a great learning opportunity for me as I'm sure it is for many listeners out there and if you're a listener who hasn't been to college yet I think you're gonna love it it's definitely not easy but it's a really good learning lesson and a lot of great memories are made but that's what the podcast episode is gonna be today just different things God has taught me since graduating college two years ago these last two years, like I just said, have gone by so fast, but it all also feels like it's been like five years. Sometimes I feel like I'm 25 or 26, and I'm thinking, no, Isabel, you're 22. So time, for some reason, in the last two years has been kind of interesting, not to mention I graduated in a pandemic, so that definitely does kind of complicate some things, of course. But to stop my rambling, I want to dive into my quote of the week, And this is a quote that my mom sent me a couple days ago. It's from Max Lucado. He said it. And the quote is, your goal is not to know every detail of the future. Your goal is to hold the hand of the one who does and never, ever let go. What a fitting quote for today's podcast episode. All about post-grad, new beginnings, new job. And the beautiful thing about this is that God really does have it all in control. And let me just say, two years ago from now, my life looks so different. I've moved so many different times to, you know, different apartments, all that. Of course, every year since I was 18, every spring I've moved, whether it's moving college dorms and moving apartments. So I'm actually really excited down the road where I won't have to move every spring. But of course, you have different memories in different settings. Uh, Two years ago from today, I wasn't engaged. So that's a, a big change. I've taken a lot of finance tests so that was a lot of work and the reason I'm bringing up these big milestones in the last two years is just to show how much God has jam packed and I find that when we're young he puts so much in our one or two years that we can look back on because it's transitional and it'll teach us a lot of life lessons that will last for a long time. And this is something that I said when I graduated college like if this is what God could do in a couple months think about what he could do in five years and I'm still saying the same thing God jam packs a lot in your life when you're in your early 20s and so I just want to say if you're just graduating college and you're wondering what's gonna happen I just want to tell you my life looks so different and I wasn't expecting any of this I mean I was praying and hoping for a lot of it but I didn't know if it was gonna happen so trust God in the everyday tasks that you have trust god in the responsibilities one thing i'm trying to do is instead of planning like seven years out i'm trying to plan six months out because we definitely can't control even six months out because life has things that are unexpected and we don't know everything about god's intricate plan for our lives but instead of looking at your life and trying to dissect it by five years and ten years down the road just do what you can every day Be a good steward of your responsibilities. Be a good steward of the gifts God's given you. You could plan six months down the road, but I would just say that don't worry so much and just be present and take care of the tasks each day. And I'm also speaking to myself because this is something that I'm also constantly working on, but so much can happen and change in two years that don't worry so much about it because it really will all work out if you take care of what you need to do today and that's using your talents, loving others, and honoring God. So that somehow was the rabbit trail of the quote of the week. I'm sorry. I'm kind of recording this late at night after a work day. So hopefully this isn't too long of an episode, but to go off of that, the God's got you moment of the week, the high of the week, the blessing I want to share is that I had a lot of good girl time this weekend. I hung out with friends, Two, two of my closest friends. I hung out with my mom. We saw a movie together. We had a really fun pool day. And it was just a fun weekend filled with a lot of great girl time. And so that just reminds me of how important my sisters in Christ are and my mom in Christ, who's also my mom in real life, obviously. So it just reminds me of of how great community is and just a, a continual reminder to always make time for the loved ones closest to you because they really do recharge you. Especially when we're talking about the topic of transitions because when life's changing a lot, sometimes family and loved ones are anchors in addition to the main anchor of God. So the journal prompt of the week is actually the question that I'll be answering in today's episode. The journal prompt for you that I challenge you to reflect on, write down, think about is what has God taught you in the last two years? So maybe you're a junior in college and you still have a full year of college left, but look at the past two years and see how God has blessed you. Look at the trials that you've gone through and see how you could learn from them. Look at the different people he's put in your life and see just how many blessings he's given you. I mean, God does act a lot, especially in two years. So I'd say just look at the past two years, figure out the good and the bad, what you could take from the bad to transform into the good, and overall just praise God for all that he's done. So now we're going to be diving into me kind of answering this journal prompt of what has God taught me in the last two years. Now, I really want this episode to be conversational, but I don't want to get too off topic or, you know, rambly. So I do have a lot of notes. I have a lot of Bible verses to share. And I'm not going to number exactly how many things God has taught me, but I have about eight to ten. So we're going to be diving in. And the first thing that God has taught me in the past two years since graduating college is is that you have to listen to what God says about you above all else. Now it's really easy to listen to all the noise and just solely focus on what you think about yourself or what you say about yourself or what others say about you or what you perceive that others are thinking about you. It's really easy to put your self-worth in what you think about yourself or what others think about you. But let me just say, in the last two years, which I've done this my whole life. It's something I'm always working on is self-worth. And it's one of those things I will always work on. But let me tell you, the times that I have put my self-worth in God have been so much better than when I put my self-worth in what I think about myself or what others think about me. I've made numerous podcast episodes about this. And it's something that I think all of us go through because we're young, we're transforming we want to do well in life we want to do well in our career but we also want to be close to God and sometimes that boundary of where our self-worth comes from can be a little bit blurred but let me just tell you that you need to listen to what God says about you and I just want to say that some of your closest family members your friends maybe your boss they could tell you things that you need to work on and maybe you do actually have to work on them but you are not defined by what you need to work on you're not defined by your shortcomings You're not defined even by your accomplishments or the amazing things that you think about yourself or what other people think about you. You are defined by by what God says about you. And I wrote down this one-liner I was reflecting actually this morning, and I wrote down, just because you have things to work on doesn't define who you are. Who you are will never change, regardless of what you do or don't do. It's not defined by us or anyone else. Who we are is defined by God the last two years, I've gone up and down with this. I've been really good at putting my self-worth in who God says I am. And then I've also not been as great. And it's so freeing to know that regardless of what you do or don't do, God loves you just the same. He cares about you just the same. And he pursues you just the same. Your self-worth doesn't change and it never will. It never has changed because God's definition of you has not changed. Yes, your outlook can change, your actions can change, your character can change, and we should all work towards being more like Christ. However, God already views us as an amazing creation that he loves so much. And so worth and accomplishment are not tied together. They should not be, but it's really easy to tie those together. And so that's why I want to share right now, if you're just graduating college, you're starting this journey, please never forget that no matter what you do, it doesn't change your self-worth. And if you're able to continually remind yourself that in this pivotal stage in your life, in your career, you will have so much more mental clarity, you'll have so much more emotional resilience, and you'll really have more satisfaction in life with who you are and what you have because you'll know that your worth is found in God. And so you're probably wondering, okay, well, you know, what does God say that I am? Who does he say that I am? If my self-worth is found in him and that we should listen to what God says about us, what does he say about us? So first, I have a a bunch of scriptures that I want to share with you. But I would say that the first thing that God says about you is that you are capable of using your gifts to serve other people. Ephesians 2, 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, and we should walk in them. So first of all, what God says about us is that we're capable to use his gifts. Because God would not have given us these gifts if he didn't think, we would be able to use them. He knows we're able to use them. He gave them to us. He tries to strengthen us and equip us to use them. And so we're capable. I think another thing that God says that we are is we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We were not made on accident. We were not just put together and duct taped together. No, we were wonderfully made by God. He had a true plan making us. And we can never forget that we're wonderful. We are so wonderful. You're wonderful. I'm wonderful. Your mom's wonderful. Your friend's wonderful. We're all wonderfully made and we are capable to use these gifts. What else does God say about us? Well, I believe that he says that we are new. We are a new creation. A Bible verse that I want to share with this is 1 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. We can wake up every morning feeling refreshed and forgiven. Regardless of what happened yesterday, what will happen tomorrow, this is another reason our self-worth does not change, because we're a new creation every day in Christ, because he died for us. Well, what else does God say about us? I think that he says and believes that we are secure. Romans 8.39 says, Neither height nor death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. No matter what, we would never be separated from God's love. And to me, that says that I'm secure. No matter what happens, God will always love me. And at the end of the day, that is the most important, in my opinion, the most important we could have in our life is the anchor of God's love and that everything else flows from that. I also believe that God says that we are his light. Ephesians 5.8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord live as children of light. Just like I said, we're capable to use the gifts God has given us. I believe that we are created as God's light to share with others. And how amazing that God entrusts us to have this responsibility of sharing his light from his son Jesus to the rest of the world. The fact that he uh, believes in us and believes that we could use this responsibility for good, I think is really empowering. And I, I that really makes me feel like, Okay, if God believes in me, I could believe in myself. Another thing that I think God says that we are is that we are victorious. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through Lord through our Lord Jesus Christ. We're victorious over our fears, over our sin, over our confusion, over our uncertainty, over our temptations, over the struggles we've had in the past, over our hurts. We are victorious over above all darkness, because like we just said, Jesus is light and he wants to share his light with us. And so we've already won because Jesus won the battle for us. The last thing I want to say that I think what Jesus says about us is that we are truly worth dying for. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How amazing is that? Christ died for us, even though we didn't deserve it. We're truly worth dying for. We are priceless. And so this is probably the most important message in the entire podcast episode today is don't listen to what you say about yourself because that could be skewed. And if we don't think good about ourselves, we're not going to live in freedom and joy. And don't solely focus on what other people say or think about you. Put your self-worth in God and God alone. That is unchanging. And then if there are things you need to work on from friends, family, loved ones, bosses, take that constructive criticism, bring it to God and ask him to highlight what you think you need to work on in yourself. But never forget that your self-worth is found in God's love alone and nothing will ever change that. Okay, number two, the second thing that I've learned being a college graduate so far is that each day is a fresh start, okay? This is so important because in post-grad, you're going to make a lot of mistakes and it's not fun to make mistakes because it's embarrassing, you feel stressed out, you feel frustrated, but let me just say if you make a mistake, believe lies, or find yourself not being the person you want to be, do not wallow in shame or guilt, okay? Live in Jesus's freedom and use your precious time wisely, Another note that I have written down is instead of spiraling when you realize that you made a mistake, you've done something wrong, you're not the person you want to be, instead of continuing to spiral, instead of wasting time making the decision worst, just know that you can step out of the spiral. This is a game changer because sometimes we feel like once we made a mistake, we can't go back and then we end up honestly kind of continuing to make more mistakes because we're living from a place of emotion and not logic or trust in God. But we could step out of the spiral, stop feeling guilty, stop feeling ashamed because we know that God's forgiven us. He believes in us. He knows we're capable and we get to live in freedom and stop the spiral because Jesus has forgiven us. He's died for us so that we can live each day with a new start and there's this beautiful bible verse uh, romans chapter 3 verse 23 it says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god now god has already said you all have sinned and you all keep sinning but i'll still love you the same so next time you mess up next time you make a mistake which you will we all will i definitely have in the last two years of post-grad Understand that a mistake is not a period, it's a semicolon. It's just a pause in the sentence and God will pick up where you literally fell down and left off and he will help you keep running the race for him. Luke 15 shares the beautiful story of not only the lost sheep but also the prodigal son. And I'm going to be just sharing a little bit from this passage here just to share a couple of verses that I think are really impactful, and they remind me of kind of how God views us when we make a mistake. So Luke 15 starts about the parable of the lost son in verse 11. It says, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my shares of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. So this young son made a mistake, okay? He obviously was squandering the resources that he had. He wasn't being a good steward. And so he made a mistake. Okay, that happens. Sometimes we make that exact mistake or a different one. And then it says in verse 14, After he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So for a while, this son was probably thinking, oh my gosh, I have this money, I'm living life, I don't need God, but then of course the famine happened, he realized he was in need, but he also felt empty like he couldn't come back from the mistake. Verse 15 said, So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the paws the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. And I think this is a beautiful portrayal of kind of what we do. We think, okay, we don't need God. We're good. We make a mistake and then we realize, oh no, I'm actually rock bottom. I do need God. So we go back to God. And that's the great thing about this is that I I think it's great that the son even realized to go back to his father. I think that's something that oftentimes when we make a mistake, we don't go back to God soon enough because we think that he's mad at us or ashamed. But this son chose to go back to the father even after he made a mistake. And then it says furthermore in verse twenty But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. But the son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. You see, the son told the father, Hey, father, uh, you know, why are you so excited to see me? I've literally made a mistake and sinned against you. But the father didn't care. He was just so happy that, that the son came back to him. And honestly, when we make a mistake, when we fall down... I think that's how God truly responds to us. He's so happy that we got back up and chose to come back to him. So anytime you make a mistake, please, in in your post-grad life and obviously going forward, even after post-grad, you know, far after, always choose to run to God as soon as you can after a mistake. Stop the spiral. Don't wallow in the spiral, in the emotion and the fear, because God already wants you to run back to him. He already forgives you and loves you. So instead of living in that guilt and that shame, wasting time and energy, come back to God because he's already wanting you to run back to him and it'll cause a lot less stress in the long run. So that's something I've definitely learned. Stop the spiral and just run back to God after you've made a mistake. The third thing that I've learned is that each season will look different and that's okay. Don't compare yourself to the past version of yourself. This is something that's so easy to do, especially if you move every single year, every single springtime for the next couple years in post grad. It's really easy to kind of compare one season to the next. I I do this a lot with comparing the version of myself, maybe what I look like, what I was doing, how I was acting all that. And then you just have to realize that you need to be okay with where you're at and do the next best thing each and every day to grow and love others and honor Jesus. Just because maybe a few seasons ago you were worse or better than you are now doesn't change where you're at now. Where you're at now is where you're at now. And what you have control over is your actions and the small tasks each day. And of course the bigger tasks, but there's a lot of unknowns. But instead of comparing yourself, realize that you can't go back in time and you can't travel to the future so live in the now love others and honor god and that's really the best that you could do and so this tip is a little on the shorter side but each season will look different and that's okay it's supposed to that's one of the things i've learned and i'm still learning number 4 put your trust in god not money or your career okay money and career goes up and down your abilities sometimes go up and down and you cannot put your trust in in money or your career. You have to put it in God because God is never ending. He's never changing. He's the same yesterday, tomorrow, today, but your job, something crazy could happen. As we've all seen in the pandemic, life has thrown its curveballs and we can't put our faith in something like sinking sand or something that will change. We need to put our faith in something that's lasting and standing. Matthew 7 has a wonderful passage, it's verses 24 through 27, it says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So truly, I just, I just want to say I've learned from experience. When you put your trust in your job or in money, it's like building a house on sand. It's not going to last. When you put your trust in God, he will provide. He will. He'll provide money. He'll provide gifts. He'll provide talent. He'll provide people. He'll provide time. He always will. And when we see God first, we're living lives of love for others. We're living in our purpose by using our gifts well. And think about it. The Bible actually teaches a lot of basic habits that we should practice in general. If we practice kindness, grace, respect, hard work, using our talents, having joy, we'll probably go further in life than if we didn't do these things. And so I think a lot of times living a biblical life is complicated and it's made to sound, you know, filled with all these rules, but it's literally just being kind to others working hard putting our self-worth in the right places and if we do this i think that we will be successful and be able to provide for our families i'm not promoting the prosperity gospel by any means but i think if we just live the biblical habits that god designed for us he will bless us with a good life where we're able to have joy provide for our family and spread love to other people So the next thing that I've learned in post-grad life in these last two years is it's important to work on the little things. Okay, it's not all or nothing with your faith. It's not a one-hour Bible study in the morning or nothing at all for two weeks, all right? A lot of times, continuing to deepen your faith in post-grad and staying close to God is those tiny little habits Praying to God when you're on a drive. Listening to worship music. Praying to God while you're getting ready in the morning. Listening to a Christian fulfilling podcast. Maybe listening to a Christian meditation. Waking up in the morning and saying a quick 30 second prayer to him. Reading a simple plan on your Bible app or checking the verse of the day. Maybe even, you know, doing a 20 minute Bible study in the morning. But you don't have to because sometimes there's some seasons in life where you have a lot of time in the morning, afternoon, night. spend time with God and maybe you don't have as much as you want but what I've realized is when I put that all or nothing mentality on myself I actually end up spending less time with God rather than if I say okay I'm just gonna integrate him into my day and of course I'm not perfect at this this is something I'm always working on of trying to make time for God in the day But realizing it's just a little actions of wanting God to be part of your day rather than this all or nothing mindset is so much more effective. And in a weird way, I think that's kind of similar to dieting and a healthy lifestyle. Instead of being on a crazy diet versus just not doing anything about taking care of yourself, none of those two extremes are healthy, but being in the middle and having a life of balance, but taking care of yourself that's consistent, that's easy to keep up with. I think it's really similar to faith. Of course, I don't want to say faith and dieting are similar, but I think you know what I mean. And so the next thing that I've learned in post-grad life is view failure as a learning lesson, not as the end of the world. I find that when you view failure as a learning lesson to make you better, to make you grow stronger, to make you more relatable, when we share our struggles and mistakes with with other people, it shows that we're human and that we need to depend on God, which that could help bring others closer to God by sharing our mistakes. But on another token, viewing failure as a learning lesson just shows that that path that I went on obviously it didn't work. So I'm not going to go on that path again. And I have 50 million other paths I could take right now. So I'll take this one. If that doesn't work, I'll check it off the list. If I take this next one, maybe that one works. So I'll take note of that. I think a failure as kind of a, a game of, you know, the match game, matching game you used to play when you were younger. I think it's kind of like that. You flip a card. It wasn't a match. I'm not going to flip that again. I flipped this card over here. Oh, it was a match. Great. And so it's kind of this time in your life where instead of Thinking of the failure is the end of the world and you freak out and you stress out and you waste time and energy, just realize that it happened. Figure out one or two things you can learn from it on, and move on. Let me just say that is a great learning lesson that I've learned. The next thing that's helped me a lot, this one's kind of more of a little tip or something that helps me in my walk with God, is reflecting on worship music is so therapeutic, okay? I've been especially listening to a lot of worship music recently and I'll share some of my favorites here in a moment. But reflecting on worship music, kind of as a form of, of Christian meditation or just listening and as kind of a form of prayer is so nice it's so calming or even having a Christian instrumental music playlist in the background when you work just has those little pockets of God's love and his messages throughout your day and even going on a walk and listening to a worship song is just a great way to break up the work day because in post-grad life there's a lot of stress from work there's a lot going on but God is really with you every step of the way. Now some of my favorite songs that I've been loving is Jaira and I, when I first heard this, I was like, what the heck is gyra? And what gyra means, according to Google, is that, let's see, it says, it means the Lord will provide. This is a song. It's by, I believe it's by Maverick City. Let me make sure. Um, one moment, you guys, I'm just Googling right now. But yeah, Gyra is, oh, excuse me, Elevation Worship in Maverick City. It's a popular song right now. It is so great. The lyrics, I love how it starts off singing, I'll never be more loved than I am right now. And that kind of goes back to the self-worth thing. You're never going to be more loved than you are right now because you're loved just the same by God. So it's kind of a cool logical idea to think of. And this song, one of the biggest things I take from it is that God's enough, not us, and he will provide everything. And so this song is just great, especially in the workday when you're a little stressed and you need some Jesus in your life. Another song I've been loving for worship music is Sparrows by Corey Asprey. Great song. Also, Dear God by Corey Asprey. Highly recommend. I love the song Pride of the Father. I have mentioned that on this podcast before, and um, I'm trying to figure out. I think it's by Hillsong. Yes, Hillsong Young and Free. I'm sorry I haven't prepped all these artists beforehand. I'm really good at remembering song titles, but when it comes to the artists, not the best. And then I also love the song Too Good Not to Believe. That one I'm going to look up um, one more time because I'm not exactly sure who's saying it. But yes, it's Brandon Lake and Cody Carnes. So great songs. I love these ones. I'd highly recommend. I will link them in the show notes below. Please listen. They're wonderful. Okay, I know this podcast episode is getting a little over 30 minutes long. So I want to just wrap it up with the last tip. Treat work as worship this is definitely one of the biggest things i've learned and it's one thing that i don't think is talked about too much at least from different things i've read but sometimes it's really easy to view your job as something you have to do from nine to five five days a week and then on the weekends you just totally chill But if you could figure out one part about your job where you could use it as a way to love others, to worship God, to honor him, it can make the hard parts of work a little bit better. Because life is so, so short just to live for the weekends. And post-grad life can definitely feel like that. And it's okay sometimes if you feel like that. But I think God wants us to have joy in work. And there are, of course, some jobs that we just have to do and we don't love them. But if you could find one small part about your job that you love, treat work as worship, it could be life-changing. Now, Aaron and I are doing this Bible plan right now all about using work as worship. And there is this really great lesson that I learned from it, and it was essentially saying that God worked really hard for six days on creating the earth, and then he also left the earth pretty undeveloped. It's This plan said that one of the reasons that God did this is because he wanted a blank canvas to invite us to join him in filling the world, to painting the world, to creating it in this beautiful way. And what a great responsibility we have to help paint the canvas of creation that God initially created. He's inviting us to work with him to use the gifts that he's given us to make the world a better place and to honor him and have life and love in the world. And so if there's one thing in your day, maybe it's talking to that coworker who maybe is a little grumpy and you just want to brighten his or her day maybe you're helping a client with something they're struggling with and you want to make their day just that much easier and better whatever it is whatever you're working on maybe you have a grumpy customer who needs to have a little bit of cheer or a little bit of laughter maybe share a joke there's so many small ways that we can use work as worship to spread god's light and love to other people so i challenge you to find that one thing a day and i think that'll really help make the work day a little bit better So girl, thank you for sticking around for this podcast episode. I hope it was helpful. And these are all different things I have learned in post-grad life and I'm still learning. I've definitely not mastered all these things. It's still different things I'm working on each day and there's so many other things that I've learned. But I hope this is helpful. I hope it's inspiring. And I just want to reiterate one more time that this may be a stressful time for you. It may be uncertain, but please know that God's got you and he's going to do amazing things in your life. Just, like I said, do the next best thing each day. Work hard, love God, love others, and I think you will do great in post-grad life. So, girl, thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.